Oh boy. What, first thing is, what is that right there? Is that a clock? On, I can't see it. Yeah. I'm blind, I'm old, and I've gained a few pounds. And so, camera guy right here. Above Thor and up, okay? You know, I love, I mean, the first song, I just like start weeping because it's, it's like coming home. It's like coming home. Last week we were at RCC and, and I felt the same way. And uh, people were like, do you, uh, do you miss like leading? Da, 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 da. I'm like, heck no. I am so glad I'm not leading a church right now because it is so hard. It was so messy. It is so, in the, in the, in the season that the church has just gone through with COVID, um, you know, I just can't imagine. And Derek and Beth have done a great job of, of doing that. And, and our church went through um, that we had a little church in uh, Buena Vista, Colorado. And it ha- went through a bad a split this year. And so for the last however long, we, we haven't had a church. And it's been brutal. I mean, it has been absolutely brutal. And we didn't know how much we would miss church until we didn't have church. And so, you know, one of the things that I get to do is, and so it feels like coming home. You know, this, this week or the last few weeks, people have been, from this church, have been, without even knowing that Laura and I are going through a possible transition right now, are like sending us prophetic words. I mean, more than people at River City Church. People at Ocean City Church are, I mean, people at River City Church, I'm sending stuff to like, please pray. <laughs> Please fast, cut off a finger, and sacrifice it to the Lord if you need to, you know. But people here, not knowing anything, are stepping out and sending us these incredible, incredible prophetic words that have been so encouraging, and it really is like coming home. Um, One of the things that I do every single time I come is remind you of, and Derek can't do this, of how awesome Derek and Beth are, and the the sacrifice that they're making. You know, the sacrifice that they're making, and there are always things, you need to know this, there's always things in a pastor's life that nobody knows about but them. Nobody. You guys don't know, you never know the whole story of what they're doing. And they're doing it. The reason they're doing the church is that they love Jesus, but they're doing it for you. They, they would, there's a lot of other jobs that they could do that are a lot easier that are a lot more fun and that pay a lot more money and that don't have the stress, that don't have the arguments, that don't, you know, that would allow them to avoid feeling the pain of people leaving, people that they've loved, that they've poured into. No, that what they're doing, they're doing for you. And the only thing, the reason I'm telling you this is because you better be doing things for them. You better, because they will leave. I mean, I tell them every time I come home, you need to quit, just quit. Oh, call me, tell me stuff. I'm like, just leave those mothers. Like, get out of there. <laughs> I know, I'm on live. He told me that there's, li- we never did live stream when I was a pastor. It was dangerous, right? <laughs> I mean, I start, started unbuttoning my shirt and the elders are like, what are you doing? I'm not going to do that. But um, I do say that because you need to be loving them. You need to be praying for them. You need to be giving to this body and this family. You need to be taking them out to dinner. If you have a vacation home, you need to be giving it to them. <laughs> 
if you get money from VRBOs and stuff, just give it to them. Just give them that money. No, but seriously, you need to be, you are the hand, in the same way that they are the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus to you, you need to be that for them. You, I'm not kidding. Like you need to be pouring out your love, your time. They have done such a great job of, of creating a pathway into this family and this body. And again, you need to be creating a pathway for them into the heart and the love of Jesus. And the way that you show them the affection that you have for Jesus and the thankfulness that you have for Jesus is by loving them well. And they're going to, I'm leading ministry today, so they're going to get to have prayer. And so you better pray for them today because I will open up a can on you. And uh, I'm not a pastor anymore. You can't, I'm not going to get fired. Right? I sell homes. And I don't have a real estate license, so you can't put me in real estate jail either. So there. This is one of the reasons I had to leave as a pastor, because I like making you laugh more than I do preaching the word a little bit. I'm just saying. Okay. You know, the other thing I want to say, I'm going to talk about coming back to Jesus. The, um, the talk, you know, we're in the series. You're in this series called returning to Jesus. I thought it was coming back to Jesus. And so it's all through my talk. Well, every time I say coming back, just say, think, returning. He's doing the series. But, um, you know, working, the first thing I did when I went out to Colorado, I, was, I ran a construction site, right? We were building modular homes. I knew nothing about construction. And it was exhausting. I had, it was a seven to six job every day, a grind. I'd never been in a job like that. I knew nothing about it. I felt in over my head every single day. And, uh, and, and I really struggled for months to believe that spending time with Jesus, that abiding with Jesus would make a, a bit of difference on the job site. And I would just, I'd rather sleep an extra half hour, 45 minutes or whatever then spend, then wake up and spend time with Jesus, abiding in Jesus, coming back to Jesus. And it was hard. It was really hard. And so as I share today about this, just know this, like I am in the same boat you are. I have a new appreciation for folks that are not, in, I mean, when you're in ministry, you get paid to spend time with Jesus and, and you don't want to stand up on a Sunday and feel like a hypocrite. And, 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 but when you're running a construction site or you're working for a bank or you're running a hedge fund or you are, you know, working at the grocery store or the gas or whatever you're doing, I get it. I get it. I get that it is hard to believe that spending time with Jesus is going to make a bit of difference in your job and in your day. And so I am here to remind us all that he does and he will and he always will. And I hope and pray and I'm going to pray now, as, uh, you know, that, that you would leave here, that I would leave here today being reminded of the beauty and the blessing and the love of Jesus. Because it is, he is the only one that can carry us. He is the only one that can truly make a difference in our life and give us a peace that passes the understanding of the circumstances of our life. And so let me pray real quick. Father, we ask that you would send your spirit now. We thank you that he's here. But we need, we, we would just ask that you would pour him out in a way that, uh, that we would tangibly feel him, that we would experience him this morning. And experiencing him, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would call deep, deep, deep into our soul um, and create a longing for Jesus that we have not had in a long time. Just come, Holy Spirit, and open the word to us. Amen. You know, one of the things that... Um, 
that we're referred to in the Bible, God gives us pictures of, of different things in the Bible to help us. And, and one of those things is sheep, right? He's like, you're like sheep without a shepherd. Well, sheep are dumb as a bag of hammers, right? And so, I mean, seriously, they aren't smart, you know? And so God needs to simplify it for us. And so, I mean, sheep will do stuff like they put their head down and they're eating, they're eating, they're eating. And they, they look up and they're like, where did everybody go? They don't pay attention. They just like follow the food, kind of like us. Like, where does it feel good to go? And that's where I'm going to go when we look up and like, where did everybody go? Um, And so what God does to help us is he gives us tangible things that exist in the natural to help us understand the supernatural, okay? Um, He shows us, and so like the parable of the mustard seed or whenever the lady lost coins, you know, all these stories that he gives us, he does it. Because they parallel a spiritual reality that he wants us to get our head around. And so as we talk about abiding in Christ today, we're going to talk about the vine and the branches, the, the parable of the vine, vine and the branches, so that we will get a picture of what it looks like to abide in Christ. Okay, and so the scripture is this. It's John 15, 1 to 5. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do just a little. No, it doesn't say that. He, apart from me, you can do nothing. These, and then this is the last verse. I, stick to the, I st- uh, skip to the last verse and it says this. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Okay, so Jesus is like, okay, I am the true vine. And he tells us that this vine is a picture of a spiritual reality that I want you to pay attention to, that I want you to be aware of. And that is that all the vines, when you see a vine, I want you to remember that uh, Jesus, okay? I want, I want you to, when you see a vine, and there were vines all over the place in Israel, um, and, he, and he did this so that when they would see the vine, they would think of him. But he also said, you know, if you want to know about me, study, what a, study about a vine. If you want to know about my father, study what a vine dresser does, someone who comes in and prunes the vine to make it more Uh, to make it bear, have more branches and bear more fruit. If you want to study and understand what our life should look like, if you want to understand the purpose of our life, you want to understand what we're supposed to be doing, then study the branch. Because we're branches. We're not a vine. We're not the vine dresser. And we're not fruit either. We are the branch that bears fruit. And so this morning, we're going to look at what it means to be a branch. Okay, now if I have, I have this broken, I won't install this from whatever that fancy place is over there, right? I broke it off their thing and ran back here <laughs> because there was a dog chasing me from the beach. But anyway, if, if I showed this to a child and I said, hey, do you think this is going to live for a long time? It's alive now. It looks green now. It has a flower now. That flower, you think that flower is going to bloom? Nope. You know? They would say, this is going to die. And if you said, why is this going to die? And he says, because some jack wagon yanked it off the tree. (laughs) 
And so what sustains this, they wouldn't use the word sustain. They would say, and this branch or this needs the vine. It needs the sap that feeds it. It needs the water that comes from the roots and the trunk of the tree. But they would know this is not going to live forever. They would know that even though it looks like it's healthy, it looks like it is alive. It is on, it is swinging over hell on a rotten vine. If we are the branch and we are not grafted into Jesus Christ and we are not connected to him, we are like this. We are like this branch that has been broken off and is dying as we see it. Even though you don't see it on the outside, this branch is dying. And Jesus is telling us in this story, that is what your life is like. That is what's happening to your life. If you are not grafted in to Jesus, abiding in Jesus, getting life's nourishment from here. And what we know about that, if it was a fruit branch, is that it's certainly not going to bear fruit. Okay. And so he's telling us in this parable that you are going to be like well, A, fruit bran- you know, branches that don't bear fruit, they get cut off and they get thrown into the f- fire. Now, I'm not telling you that to scare, well, I am telling you that to scare you, okay? Into action. No, you're not. It's gonna, we're going to land on grace, so don't worry. You're not going to leave here thinking like, I got to go do this. I got to go bear fruit. I promise that's not going to happen today. Um, and so here we go. I'm going to show a picture, right? And this is, now if I show you, where's that picture? Oh, there, oh, it comes up there? What the heck? That's amazing. Gosh, man, you guys are so fancy. All right. Now, if you saw this picture, you might say, man, those are some really nice grapes. That's some really nice fruit. And this picture, you know, you, you would say, that make, man, the, the vine dresser, whose vineyard that is, he's the man right? He's done it well. He has pruned it right. He has made it, he has watered it right. He has given it the right nutrient. He has done everything that's necessary. And if I was a, if I was a branch, I would want to be in his vineyard because his vineyard looks awesome. And people would see those grapes where that branch is barren and go, that vine dresser, he's the man. I want, I want to be a part of what he's doing. Because when we see the fruit, when we see the fruit, that's what's most important. You can't make wine out of branches. You make wine out of fruit. You go and look at vineyards because the fruit is beautiful. And when there is beautiful fruit, it means that the branches have been taken care of. It means that the vine has been taken care of. And they are functioning like they should because it brings glory to the vine dresser. And that is our purpose, to bring glory to God. Now, if you went somewhere and you saw this picture, you'd be like, I don't know about that vine dresser. <laughs> you're like, that vine dresser, well, he's good with the vine, kind of, maybe. I mean, that looks like it could be a dead vine. Hey, I don't know. Now, it's obviously the off season, but there's no guarantee that that vine is going to bear fruit. And it would cause you to wonder, like, I don't know about this vine dresser. I don't know if I would want to be a branch under the care of this vine dresser. And if you had two vineyards, one like I just saw you saw with the, the grape and the fruits, and one like this, you would say, I want to be a branch in the first one for sure. But folks, here's the reality. We choose that one. We choose 
the world, which is a barren bunch of vines. Not, they're not even vines. They're like fake vines. They're, they're, they, and yet we allow ourselves to be drawn into that and to believe the lie that that will satisfy us. And again, like sheep, we go eating that way. We look up and we're not even in a vineyard anymore. We're in the desert and we are dying. And Jesus says, if you don't want that to happen, then look at the vine, look at the branches. You're a branch, graft into me and you will bear fruit. Okay, and so fruit is what the vine dresser is interested in. Fruit is what the goal of our life is. And if we don't bear fruit, if we don't bear fruit, scripture is clear. We will be cut off and we will be taken and dealt with and thrown into the fire is what it says. And again, this is not fire and brimstone talk, okay? But this is a talk that we should pay attention to, that we should take heed of because Jesus is telling us this is a spiritual reality. This is a spiritual truth. Okay, and so when, when I say that, when I say the scary stuff, like you can be cut off and thrown on a fire and, you know, I can tell some of you guys are swinging over hell in a rotten vine, just like homie over there, right? And you go, oh my gosh, I, I got to go bear fruit. I got I to gotta go bear fruit. I got to go find out. So you start reading about like, what is fruit in the Bible, right? Where can I find fruit in the Bible? Or you start like getting online, what is spiritual fruit? Google spiritual fruit. And you start reading about fruit. You start, and that, and you think, you think that somehow you're going to be able to bear spiritual fruit on your own, even though Jesus said, if you're not abiding in me, you'll bear nothing. And so you cannot, I mean, can you, I mean, do you think grape, like, like grape branches, branches are like, okay, time to bear fruit. And fruit comes out? No. That's not how fruit comes out. I think I just went to the bathroom a little bit. <laughs> he told me he cuts loose in the second service. And I'm like, not me. I'm cutting loose in the first service. It's live streamed. We're going viral today, people. <laughs> no, of course, but that's what we do. We go try to figure out. We say, well, Jesus tells us, Ailey, you're telling us that we got to bear fruit. We're going to be cut off. I don't want to be cut off. So I'm going to go figure out how to bear fruit. But that's not what this is about. That's not what this story is about, what this word picture is about. This word picture is not telling us how to bear fruit. The word picture is telling us the importance of abiding in Christ. Because here is, this is the reality. If you're abiding in Christ, you will not help but be able to bear fruit. You will bear fruit. You cannot help but bear fruit when you are connected to the vine. And so Jesus wants us to know, this isn't about you going and learning how to bear fruit. It's about the importance of you learning about how to come to me. That it is so important to come to me. That you need to abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Neither can you. I mean, it's clear as day. You're thinking about the branch being cut off and not want to be that branch. And Jesus is saying, that's not what this is about. 
This is about you abiding in me. Just focus on abiding in me. You want to know what your job is as a branch? Abide in Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Be grafted all of your life into Jesus. Your whole existence should be about abiding in Jesus. And when you abide in Jesus, the fruit will come. The fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I haven't forgot everything, selling homes. The fruit of the Spirit is in you. And then the power of the Spirit flows out of you. And acts of good service. And ordering sunscreen. And I think Derek bought like stock in V's pizza. I don't know. He sold that harder than he like complimented me. I'm going to V's pizza after this though. First I'm going to grab, grab the gift card on the way out. But uh, But our whole life, Jesus is saying, your whole life, your whole existence should be about me. Just abide in me. And there is no reason that you should believe that your life will be blessed if you're not. Because if your life is not connected to Jesus, then you're not going to bear fruit. And what's most important? Fruit. That's what brings glory to the vine dresser. A dried up, shriveled up branch does not draw people to Jesus. A life that struggles like the rest of the world does not draw beauty and glory to God. It makes the vine dresser, I'm a Christian. Well, your life doesn't reflect that. Then it doesn't draw people to the Father, which is the name of the game. We were created to glorify God with all of our life with all of who we are. And Jesus is saying, the way that that happens is by abiding in me. Now, in Romans, Paul tells us this, and this is another picture, right? Paul talks about us being grafted in as an illustration of what it means uh, to, be, to be abiding in Christ. And the way, this is what happens with the graft, right? Um, there's two things that happen. The first thing that happens is that the branch that's broken off, that's grafted in, right? So it is, is separate from the vine, which is down here. Oh, I gotta be careful. I was gonna go, the vine, this is the branch and it goes into the vine, but I'm not gonna do that, okay? So the branch, the branch, I should have thought this through. Okay, so the branch first turns away from what it was connected to. It's cut off from that. And then it sinks its roots into the vine. Okay, and so there's abiding. That's the abiding part. It's us turning away from and allowing the roots of our life, the core of who we are, our essence, our soul, to sink into Jesus, the vine. Now, this is what's amazing, is that then those, those roots, the, the vine begins, begins to pump life, to pump sap through the vine into that new graft, into those roots, and it forms a relationship, a dependent relationship, and the two become one. And, and, they, and they bloom and they blossom and they grow in a way that the vine is fully satisfied in its purpose and why it was created. And the graft is fully satisfied and fed and accomplishes the, what it is created, which is to bear fruit. The sap is what allows the branch to bear fruit. Okay, and so... 
Our job, and I'm going to talk about this at the end, our job is to simply yield from the world to Jesus and to believe by faith that he is the vine that can sustain us, that he is the vine that gives life to the full, okay? And then the I in you, the I in you happens, and that is the sap, that is him flowing into us. You know, people will often say to me, or not anymore because I sell homes. They never say this to me now when I sell homes. But when I used to be a pastor, they would say to me, Antley, I don't get it. I, I don't have this life that you talk about. I don't have this, I don't have this passion that you talk about. They long for an earnest filling of the spirit. They see it in other people and they want it. And it's often because of this process. They never do the abide and abide in me. They say, Jesus, come on, do the I in me, do the I in you. Come on, do your job. Why aren't you doing this, Holy Spirit? Why aren't you doing this? And it's because we or they or all of us have not turned from the world and yielded to Christ. It's because we truly don't believe. We often don't believe that the vine is as good as they say it is that the vine could truly sustain us. And so they might turn part of their life and they got roots outside the graft and got some roots inside the graft, but they have not fully yielded. And so their life doesn't fully represent what a life looks like that bears fruit, that brings glory to God. It's, it's the process is both. In Galatians 5, 16 and 17, it says this, but I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you really want to do. I love that. To keep you from doing the things that you want to do. In your heart, you want to do it. But we keep dabbling in the world and we keep dabbling with Jesus and we're never fully grafted in. And what do we do? We blame God. We blame Jesus. It's just not enough. You're just not doing it enough. You know, I love, I, I was, I've listened to the talks that, that Derek's been doing and I just love, you know, Jesus, only Jesus, right? Jesus, only Jesus. It's so true. It's his grace. It's his love for us that makes all of this happen. But it does require us to yield to that grace and that love. You know, I'm leading a little Bible study right now with, with guys, and God just continues to humble me, right? Like, I invite all these people to it. It's like two people show up. And uh, we've been going through the disciplines of the Spirit. And I said, you know, the goal and the disciplines of the Spirit are things that people do just like fruit. They, they read about it, and they try, out, they try to go do it, right? And so I'm just trying to, I talk about the Father's love all the time, about God's love, and, I, and at the beginning of this study, I said, look, this is our goal, is that we learn to participate. What does it look like to participate in a life with Jesus where these spiritual disciplines naturally flow out of our life? And here's the litmus test, is that in the same way that Jesus drew the broken and the lost and the drunkard and the prostitute and the, and, and the people that were on the fringe of society in the same way that Jesus lived out the spiritual disciplines. When we live out the spiritual disciplines, people will not feel judged by us. People will not feel condemned by us. People will feel loved by us. 
That is the fruit that comes from a life that has yielded to Jesus Christ. That is the core of everything. Because on the outside, we can all look like that. We can even be casting out demons. We can even be giving food to the poor or sunscreen to the burned, you know, at the beach. We can do all those things and you can come face to face with Jesus. The end of history, before judgment, and he will say to you, he could say to you, you did all of these things, but you don't know me. You never abided in me. And because of that, you really didn't bear any fruit. And because you didn't bear any fruit, it never brought glory to my father. And he separates sheep and he separates goats. And none of us want to be there, right? We want to know how we yield to the father, how we yield from the world and yield to Jesus, because truly it is only Jesus that can do this. It says this in uh, 2 Corinthians 12, eight to nine. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, Paul's thorn aside. Um, and he says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Okay, so this is the how. And I, I, added, I added this, I've, I've ne- when I've, I've done a similar talk to this, you know, and, and, and I was thinking about the how, right? Because we wanna, we wanna land on the how and end with the how because we don't wanna be branches that are cut off. And I just felt like the Lord speaking to me and he's saying, you know, it was the grace, it's easy for us to believe in the grace that brought us into the relationship with Jesus for the very first time. Because we felt, we, we, we knew that we could not do that on our own. We knew that we couldn't die for our sins on the cross. We knew that we didn't have a solution for our sins. And, and even though we felt like we weren't worthy, even though we felt like why it didn't make sense to us, that his love didn't make sense to us, that his grace was too hard to get our head around, we knew that, that he was the way, that, that his words, that I'm the way and the peace of life, nobody comes to the Father except through me. When that sunk in and we believed that, it was by faith. It was by faith. And in Ephesians, this is a, a verse that we love because it talks about this, this transition for us. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not by your own doing. It is a gift from God, not the results of works so that no one may boast. Why? Because the vine, there's, the vine dresser wants the attention. The vine dresser wants the glory. God wants people to be drawn to him, not because you made a decision. It's because he made a decision. He wants to look good. He wants to be glorified in you. And we be, it's easy to believe that in this process. But what Paul's saying here, what he's telling us here is like, yeah, but guess what? The thorn in your side, the brokenness in your life, once you are a Christian, guess what the solution for that is? The same grace. The same grace. If it was grace that brought you to him the first time when you were far away and you were a sinner and you were wicked and you set your ways against him, why would we not believe that is that the grace now that we belong to, his, to him as children? Why would we have a hard time believing that that same grace is what is going to be the source of us being grafted in? And so it's, it's a belief thing, it's a heart thing, it's not a doing thing. It's not, a, I gotta spend time, I got more quiet times than I'm gonna bear some fruit, no. That's not what it is. It's you yielding from the world and believing that the vine is more glorious and more beautiful and more amazing than you could ever imagine. 
and that he loves you so much that he would even provide the way back in with him when we wander back into the world. And we look up and we go, how did I get here? And Jesus is there and he says, we got here by you eating grass and going over here, but I've never left you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That We are like brothers and you have been grafted into me and I will never leave you. And so it's you leaving today. It's not, you know, it's you coming down front today in prayer ministry and saying, yes, this is the truth. I believe that the vine can carry my life. I believe that the vine is the only sustenance that will provide and give me the life that I need. I believe and I trust you, Jesus, that this is too good to be true. That this is too good to be true. That in the midst of my redemption and my process of being broken, that it is still you and it is always about you. That is Jesus, only Jesus, that we have to have our hope in for life or we will dry up and wither. And, 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 and the greatest thing about this, this is why Jesus is so awesome, right? That's because he's like, look, 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 look. The reason I really want you to do this is because I want the fullness of my joy that I have with the Father to be in you. I want you to have a life that is so joyful, that abounds in joy, that in the midst of your life circumstances, regardless of the job that you have, that my joy will give you life and life to the full in a way that you will be blown away. And people will look at you and they will go, it just doesn't make sense to me. Whatever is their source of sap, whatever is their life source is so amazing. That's what I want. And they come to you and you ask and you just say, it's all about the vine dresser. It's all about the father. He's the source of all of this. And if you want what I have, then come to him and he will graft you in and you will have life that you could never imagine. Let's stand. So we're gonna go into a, a song of worship right now, but I just wanna pray and just seal these truths into our heart because the enemy is just chatting you up right now. He is just chatting you up. This is too good to be true. You, you done been cut off and he is taking you to the fire. And that is a lot, that, that lie is so much easier for us to believe than the truth of the grace and the beauty of Jesus Christ. And this morning, when we come forward for prayer ministry, this is, this is the only, I mean, you have, you have other stuff going on, but the thing that you're asking the spirit to do is, Lord, come, open my heart to turn and to yield to the Father again. Because you, once grafted, always grafted, right? So he's with you. He hasn't left you. It's just a matter of you turning your heart, posturing your heart again before him and saying, I believe again that you are the life source, that it's only your grace. It's only your grace that will give me the life that I've longed for and that I'm missing right now. So Father, we invite your spirit. Again, we thank you that he's here, that he's opened our hearts to the truth of your gospel again, the goodness of your gospel, just not at the door that we've opened, that he has opened, that he's coming and that he is eating with us. And he 
has not left us, but the grace that sustains us and that reminds us of his goodness and, 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 we, and calls us back into that. And so Holy Spirit, come and draw us again. And for those of us that, that are walking or tracking with the Lord, we pray and we know that there's more. And we want more this morning. We want more of your spirit. We want more of your love because we know that there's always more.